0: It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you have come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing. Our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols. And this is the two smart assets real estate investing podcast. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals in select markets around the country for as little as 10% down with cash-on-cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So, if you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Stephanie Walter. And today we are the two smart assets. For those not yet familiar with Stephanie, she is a capital raiser, syndicator, and the CEO of Airbay Wealth. She recently retired and sold her insurance agency of 16 years by following the key principles she teaches professionals to use, such as how to unlearn what most of us have been wired to think about money and re-educating people to learn the secrets of the wealthy investor that can be life transforming. Stephanie, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yep. Absolutely stoked to have you on the show. Been looking forward to this for, for a while now. So, you know, we like to kick the show off by hearing more about you, the guest, Stephanie. So let's just start with that. Tell us more about your background, your story, and the path you took to get to where you are today.
1: Yeah, I uh, I started an insurance agency about 16 years ago. And that was, I, I did start with a W-2 uh, right out of college. And just, you know, right out the gate, you know, had some some issues of, you know, meeting with managers. And they tell you, you know, you're, you're doing fantastic, but yet we're going to give you this raise. And I just, uh, for me, uh, you know, it was pretty disheartening. Um, and so I spoke to my dad, uh, who, who is an entrepreneur and he was like, you can either, if you stay in the, you know, W-2 space, you pretty much know what you're going to be getting. If you, you know, want to go out on your own and start a business, you know, you're really dependent on on yourself. And and I decided to take that gamble. So I uh, started up an insurance agency and um, built that up to be, you know, you know, pretty, pretty large. And uh, during that same time, I invested in uh, single family homes in Denver. You're familiar with the Denver area. And uh, I was doing that basically in 05, 06, 07, 08, 09, basically were most of my purchases. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I just basically knew it seemed like a good time to buy and you know, I uh, knew some areas where I thought if there would be growth in Denver, that um, it would be, you know, it would be a good thing for me, uh, but really pretty uneducated on, on the whole process. And in 2016, I was invited to a boot camp that talked about apartments and purchasing apartments. And uh, they, that's when I first heard the term syndication. And I'd never heard that term before. I, it was like, you know, lightning bolts from the sky and just really, I, I felt like this is it. You know, I love the idea of a group of people buying something that no one could do on their own. So I just did a deep dive at that time into um, education for the next couple of years and did my first syndication in 2018 by myself, realized I never wanted to ever do a syndication by myself again, and uh, and partnered up with someone uh, who likes to find the deals, kind of likes to do everything I don't like to do, and I focused a lot on capital raising, and by doing that, I, I interacted a lot with really wealthy people, you know, also regular people too. But, you know, the wealthy people were the ones that kind of changed the way that I was looking at my own money and what I was doing with it. And so I kind of basically copied what they were doing with their investments. And as such, I was able to retire, I guess. Last year, I sold my insurance business in July. I won't ever retire. But um, yeah, we closed, my partner and I closed on our 12th syndication last week and so it was a 107 million dollar you know property so um, love what I'm doing, love getting out to talk to people about kind of changing their focus as far as their money goes.
0: That's awesome. And there's, there's a lot I kind of want to unpack there because there's there's a ton, right? You know, you've, you've made this transition, you sold your company and now you're full-time real estate. And then, you know, you've learned all this stuff from the ultra wealthy kind of propel you forward. So you kind of copy paste, do some things that they're doing. And I definitely want to dive into all that, but I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about uh, that transition you made, you know, you sold your company, Um, and then you went full-time real estate. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there who, who may be looking to do something similar, maybe not leave their full-time job, um, you know, right now, but maybe sometime in the future, you know, um, and build something for them. Maybe it's just a portfolio of single family homes, or maybe they want to go be a syndicator or something like that. Right. But so how is, uh, and I know you've been very successful. Like you said, you built a very successful insurance agency. And I think from your website, I saw, uh, what is it? Uh, a hundred over $175 million worth of real estate just in starting as a syndicator. That's a huge, right. And you said you yep. started basically in 2018. That, does, that
1: doesn't include the one we closed on last week. So we're close to 300 million right now. It,
0: that's crazy. Right. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. huge. Growth, and so so I'm kind of curious. Uh, obviously, you've been very successful in this transition, but you know during that time of you know exiting your company and being full time syndicator, were there any challenges during that time when you were thinking about making that transition, or you know what did that what did that look like? How how has that process been for you?
1: Yeah, it was challenging because I guess it was a slow process to realize that. I felt like this is kind of it for me. You know, I loved what I was doing. I loved the insurance. Um, I loved my clients very much, but just, you know, this was something that seemed a lot bigger to me, impactful to, to people that, you know, I could get the word out and, and talk about, you know, this type of investing as well as, You know, with uh, the insurance, I was I was tied. You know, I love my clients, but the insurance company was its own company, and it made its own decisions, regardless of my opinion about anything. So, what I loved about the syndications is it's just two of us. You know, largely we're the general partners, and so we make the decisions. We have the way that we look at things and what we want to do for our investors, and so it's the buck stops with us, um, and so I, I like that a lot.
0: Yep, love to hear that. And you know, like you said, you've been so successful. You've you've clearly chosen uh, the right partner, right? I mean, I think a lot of people they like they look for that when they're trying to scale their business or even their portfolio. Maybe it's just a property manager, but you want to pick the right people. And it seems like you've you've done that very well, which is a huge piece of that. Um, I kind of want to shift a little bit. Uh, talk about something we mentioned in your bio, and that was while through this whole process, uh, you followed certain key principles, and you now teach others. How to basically unlearn what most people have been wired to think about money, right? Because there's there's this stigma, right? And there's things going on how people think about money. And I completely understand what you're saying, uh, when you bring that up. But before we dive into, you know, how people should be thinking about money, right? How they should be thinking about money. Can you describe how people have been taught to basically uh think about money incorrectly? How, what what's what's the issue here and how are they where are they having these missteps?
1: Yeah, I mean that I was the I thought I was doing things differently, actually. But when I actually looked at things, I was doing it exactly the way um, I think the majority of people in our country look at money, which is accumulation. That's what I call it, basically, is that we're all looking to accumulate, you know, a net worth. Uh, I was looking to accumulate rental homes. Um, I was cash flowing very little. And there was a large amount of equity that was returning zero percent to me. <laughs> I was doing all the work. I was the landlord, you know. Um, so that is one example of it. But a better example probably is people that are doing their 401ks. Um, mm-hmm. There's probably not a better example out there of accumulation as, uh, yes, we're going to put this money aside in this vehicle where we one, probably have no idea what it's invested in. Two, probably know nothing about the fees. Three, it's illiquid. They can't ever access it. People talk about trying to access it in different ways. It's it's very, very hard to access the money to do anything with it. But the the largest part of it is that when it when you come to retire, you have virtually no idea of how much money you have in that account because you don't know what the tax ramifications are going to be when you go to retire. And so, um, you know, whether that's keeping a bunch of money under your pillow or, you know, keeping it in your 401k or keeping it in a bank or keeping it like I was in my rental properties and not really being focused on the money working for you, which is the difference there.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's massive. And and you're absolutely right. And as a W-2 employee myself, I know so many people who kind of just rely on their 401k and that accumulation method that you're talking about, right? Like, hey, let's pump, you know, the max in here, whether we're getting a match or not. Uh, let's, just, let's just max this thing out, you know, see how much we can get in this 401k. And, you know, for some people, that might be the right strategy, right? I mean, maybe that's just that's just that's just what they want and that kind of gives them that comfort right so that that that's okay for them but i think for a lot of us you know that's not enough right we want something else we want something better uh and and you know that cash flow that you mentioned i think is super important especially if you're looking about what's going on right now uh in the economy i mean how many people are looking for cash flow right now especially with yeah. you know interest rates rising and stuff like that it's very very important so i think that that's massive um and so uh kind of flipping that on its head you know you're re-educating others about the secrets of the wealthy investor, right? So, you know, you're talking about, you know, money mismanagement, debunking money myths, but then also you're telling people, Hey, this is how the wealthy people are doing it. Walk us through that. What does that look like? What are the wealthy people doing? You said you have, you're having a lot of conversations with high net worth individuals. How are these people positioning themselves? What are they investing in? What are they doing with their money?
1: The wealthy people goes back to mindset initially, uh, because I I noticed this with a lot of people that I dealt with, is they are looking at what their money is doing for them at any amount of time, their money, their theory of money is utilization, their money is working for them at any amount of time, they're not going to have it doing nothing. But what they do invest in is very interesting, because yes, they're, some of them have have parts of the money in stock market and and things like that. But you, you rarely come across a very wealthy person with a with a 401k, which which I found interesting. But also they they're invested in a lot of alternative types of of assets. So, and then people are like, well, that's fine because the wealthy want to, you know, they got wealthy because they wanted to. They could they had money and they didn't care if they lost it or not. And I say that nothing could be further from the truth. They're extremely, extremely conservative when they invest. So instead of, let's say, having a, a wealthy person invest in a, in a mutual fund, which is you know hundreds of, of companies, they don't do that. They go straight to the a company. They they do their due diligence on what is this company? Who's running it? You know, what's what's is there an exit plan? What what's going on here? Um, they do their due diligence on that team, and then they invest in that company. That company where they know directly into the company, not you know almost like it's with multi or uh, with mutual funds it's almost like secondary investing because you're you're not investing directly into the company and so that that's a big thing the second thing is it seems like they find teams of people that are experts at what they're doing they thoroughly vet them not you know not <laughs> not just say oh you seem nice okay i'm gonna give you my okay. money they thoroughly vet these people these are extremely savvy smart people and and then they put their money into say a syndication which is a real estate uh, they uh and then they let that professional company do what they do best which is running this uh asset this apartment complex to give them cash flow every month and then they you know they don't they reviewed the monthly reports and, you know, they, they have some uh, interest and, in, in, uh, you know, they spend some time going over to be sure that we're all heading in the direction that we wanted to head. But yes, that's what I think I found most interesting with the wealthy is that they seem to invest directly into things rather than, you know, kind of giving their money off to a financial planner to, to put it into things that they don't know anything about.
0: And you know, that's so massive. And it's so true too, because what they're doing is they're basically taking the time to educate themselves on what to look for, how to do the due diligence, right? Instead of just blindly just investing in a stock or a mutual fund or whatever, right? Even if you're a passive investor, it's pretty easy to, to invest passively in a real estate syndication. But these people are actually doing the due diligence, learning how to do it and doing it appropriately. And then going upstream to the source, instead of just, you know, you know, allocating their funds to, you know, a third party or whatever, they're actually finding out, Hey, I'm going to go to this, this team. And you said company Well, you know, as you know, a syndication is basically a business, right? I mean, you're, you're running apartment complex, it's a business. And so it's the same thing, right? You're going to the, to the syndicator, you're doing the due diligence, you're, you're finding everything about them, you're vetting them. Uh, doing background checks, whatever, and then you know if if that aligns with your interests as an investor, maybe hiding that with individual, you're placing large amounts of capital in that deal, and you know hopefully seeing outsized returns. So I think that's that's absolutely true, and you know that's that's one of the reasons that kind of I got into passive investing as well is because I have a little bit while being a passive investor, and I don't have control over the deal itself. I have a lot of control over doing the due diligence, right, and actually vetting that sponsor and going through that. So I think that's absolutely massive. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, and you know, so I kind of want to take this and kind of turn it towards maybe like busy W 2 professionals, right? Because you were a W 2 professional at one point. I have, I am a W 2 professional. I have a W 2 job, uh, work a lot of hours, put in a lot of time, which is why passive investing works for me. But so, I think for us who have kind of been as a syndicator and me as a passive investor have been doing this for you know a number of years now, a few years now uh, we we recognize the massive potential of investing in syndications right it's pretty obvious to us at this point point. Um, and it's easy to and for me it's kind of easy to get in this bubble of. You know, that's all I think about. That's all I see, really, you know, because and it seems like everybody's doing it because that's pretty much like all the people that I interact with and you know, follow on social media. It's like, oh, man, everybody's doing syndication. Everybody's investing in syndications these days. But that can, that's the first thing from the truth, right? There's so many people out there who don't know anything about uh, investing in real estate syndication. So uh, I'm kind of curious in your experience as a capital raiser and being on the, on that side of the business, um, what, what did these conversations look like when you're talking to maybe busy uh, W2 professionals, they might be high net worth individuals, but busy W2 professionals who, who who may be new to this type of investing. What does that conversation look like? What are some of the, you know, the questions and challenges they are coming up with and, you know, what, I'm just kind of get an idea of what that looks like.
1: The busy professionals that I talk to, uh, that are brand new to it. Uh, yes, it is. It's a leap of faith because, um, they have not been, they've never, nobody's ever heard of it. I know in our, both of us, think it's, it's quite common and that everybody should know of it, but most people have never heard of it. So for them, their questions are, you know, they, they really want the deal kind of spelled out for them, you know, okay, so I get this amount of money and then, you know, the questions, they don't ask the questions, honestly, that the more savvy investors ask, uh, I find interesting, but it's, it's, it's a learning process. You know, the people that come to you, I think, want to know generally what you're going to be doing with the, with this project and that you've had some sort of success in the past of, of doing this. So those are important things. Um, You know, the more savvy investor wants to know what kind of You know, loan, are you procuring, uh, you know, uh, you know, different, different, more specific questions. So I find like the more, this more savvy investor, they're also a little bit more tentative. So I'm not, uh, I don't view myself as a salesperson at all. So I'm just like, this is what it is. And hopefully it's something you guys want to do. And many times they just want to test it out. And then, um, and which I am fine with because this is kind of a crazy, uh, I guess statistic is that, uh, we've done 12 deals and every person that has invested with us has has invested again. And so it's, um, which is great, you know, that's, that's what we want and that's what we thought that's. How we thought we would grow is that, you know, just get people in They're Usually the new investor is super excited around tax time because they did not, even though, you know, they hear, they hear a bunch of stuff and it goes in one ear and out the other, but when they truly see that first K one, where they were receiving income all year, yet they get to take a loss on their taxes. They're like, Oh, Okay. Okay. I get, I like this. I'm like, I'm gonna continue with this. This is cool. And also, just having that consistent cash income, I mean, cash flow every month, it just opens up things, you know. And I, the reason I am so excited about it for people is that, like, Look at me, I get to do something now that I really love, you know, and that's what I think that when people get more freed up, having more cash flow, it gives them more decisions to maybe they want to do something else, you know, maybe they're not just tied to this company with, you know, their golden handcuffs and um, can do something that they truly love, which actually gives back to everybody, you know, in the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're spot on about a number of things there. I know with uh, you know, kind of like the busy W-2 professional who has never invested in this type of stuff, what I usually tell them is, listen, you need to focus on, on on the the sponsor themselves, build that trust, right? And what I what I tell a lot of people is Hey, listen. Go find somebody who's who's invested with the team before successfully, right? And use them as a referral, right? Because I, I know my first uh, passive investment, I didn't have a referral. I just like, hey, I'm gonna go, you know, invest with this team, and it, it turned out to be okay. But I know there's other people who've done that, and it did not turn out okay, you know. So I think uh, going out, getting those referrals, you guys have been very successful. And just like you said, that first investment that uh, an investor makes is always a little, you know, on the fence or whatever. But as long as you do right by them, that second, that second investment is going to be like that. I mean, they're just going to, you have a deal. They're going to come and invest in it because they trust you and you've done right by them. So I think that's, that's absolutely massive. Um, So one other thing I want to hit on before we get out of here is tell us more about Airbay Wealth. What are you guys focusing on? uh, And what do you, how are you guys um, working on right now?
1: Well um we're really into the Florida market um but it really anywhere in the southeast is is just you know as if you've listened to the news is is booming. Florida is really something else, you know, the growth there is just pretty unprecedented and so the the markets we've been in in Florida the one we closed on last week was in Orlando and I mean Orlando the rents are going up 20% a year. Um, and the, they predict the, the economy there is going to grow almost 40% in the next 10 years. Wow. And, um, over 110 people are moving their, um, uh, day I'm sorry. Wow. And so they have, you know, real, uh, lack of housing, you know, to keep up, it's really a supply and demand issue. So it's a, fantastic time to invest so that's you know what what i look for i get you know brought <sighs> Lots and lots and lots and lots of deals, um, and then we just vet them very carefully. Find the ones, maybe two or three a year, that that we can return our investors over twenty percent a year, which is what we've done up to this point. And so that's what we try try to find, and and present to our investors.
0: Yeah, fantastic markets. Pretty much anything in Florida, right? That's uh, you guys are in a in a great place uh, there. Uh, absolutely, I love investing in those markets. You know, Florida tech. Texas, Arizona, stuff like that. Great markets to be investing, especially right now, uh, considering everything that's going on. And I think that, you know, before we get out here, I have to ask that question, Stephanie, is, you know, with everything going on in the economy, are you has your, has your strategy changed at all? Or has your, you know, underwriting anything changed at all, considering, you know, what's happening with interest rates and stuff like that?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the interest rates for sure, you know, we're uh, when we project, you know, we hold on to these properties for three to five years. We're um, predicting a higher cap rate exit, um, which is as I mean, this is probably not that interesting to people. But as interest rates go up, cap rates go up in general and uh, they have a relationship as as, uh, decreasing the value of say a multifamily property, but we have this weird, you know, thing, uh, that's happening right now, which is the rent growth, which the rent growth, you know, in many, most of the areas we've invested in has been double digits since we wow. purchased these properties, even a couple of years ago. And, um, so that again is just driving the, the value of these properties up We're, you know of course increasing our expenses because of inflation and you know things like that so um yeah but overall we we're extremely conservative we won't purchase a property unless it's brought to us as a like a pocket listing sure. so that means that no one else is looking at at the property and and we want to make our money on the buy not on you know, future appreciation. And so those, those are our values that we have, Um, but yeah
0: love to hear that you guys are being conservative and obviously being in such hot markets is is definitely beneficial right i mean especially right now that's uh having that rent growth is absolutely massive uh and so love to hear that love to hear that stephanie you know this has been a great conversation actually i could probably ask you a ton more questions i would love to dive into your first indication that you did by yourself at some point maybe we'll have to bring you back on to hear about that cuz i know there's probably a lot of lessons you learned from that one but uh before we get out of here tell us more about your company anything else you have going on yeah
1: to reach me um you can go- to my website, which is www.airbaywealth.com. That's E-R-B-E wealth.com. And I have a ton of, you know, education on my website, as well as, uh, you know, most of our deals have been put up there. So you can see our past deals and how they performed. Um, If you have an interest in reaching out to me, that's the best place to do it. Um, And you know, get on a list. If you want to, you know, hear of any of these new opportunities that we have that come available, maybe two or three times a year.
0: Awesome. Stephanie, we're going to make sure to put that the links to that in the show notes. And for our listeners out there, make sure to drop by her website. I've been on there, checking out the educational resources, a lot of great stuff. Uh, So jump on there, check that out, connect with Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie, it's been great having the show. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.